This Guys of the Media podcast is brought to you by our partners like Johnstone Supply in Troy. The spring is officially here in upstate New York. We hope at least the snow is gone for now. Your furnace, your boilers, your HVAC needs. Johnstone Supply in Troy can help you with that. We've been telling you throughout the entire winter, 2% off a furnace. You just say Johnstone Supply. You say John Goodman, Godzilla Media, 2% off just like that. Your boiler as well, whether you're a homeowner or you're looking to buy a home, these things are so important. You want to have somebody on your side when you're going through these things that maybe you're not exactly comfortable with. 518-272-5922. 518-272-5922. That is the number at Johnstone Supply in Troy. Say what's up to our guy, George, Kev, Tom, James, whoever it might be. They want to make sure they can help you. And if you stop in a 6th Avenue in Troy, the best prices guaranteed on Milwaukee Tools. If you got that spring project on the way, the tools you need right there in store. Say what's up to everybody. Say you heard it here from Godzilla Media. They're going to say what's up. Proud sponsors, by the way, man, helping us promote us in store. We appreciate all that cool stuff, man. Johnstone Supply in Troy. The spring is here. It's your spot to make sure you're ready to go with all the changes on the way in 2022. And again, make sure when you connect with them, Godzilla Media is the spot you heard it from. And our friends over at Mohawk Honda. Now, maybe the road trips are on the way. Maybe you've got a big vacation planned for spring break. Maybe the summer's just around the corner and you're taking that long drive. You need a vehicle that can last throughout those great moments and memories. You can find it at Mohawk Honda. You don't want to have that memory on your spring break or your summer vacation being that you broke down. That you had to pay a ridiculous amount for gas because your vehicle is not equipped for the new prices. Work with the great people in Mohawk Honda to find you a vehicle that fits your style, your budget, your lifestyle, and more. Mohawk Honda, Glenville, New York. Shout out to our guy, Greg Johnson, Cam McKenna, Brian McKenna. You hear the names all the time. Lindsey Herodin. Nick and Nate and social media. We could run through everybody's name, but just check them out on social media. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Watch the Plate Change Challenge. It wraps up here in March. Just got a few more days too in March if you're looking to donate your athletic stuff, your, your gear, whatever it might be. Whether it's that hockey stick, that basketball, that hoop, whatever it might be, they're helping out people here in the capital region in upstate New York here in the month of March as we head in April as well. New ride, new vehicle, people that you can trust during the carbine experience. Wherever you're listening in upstate New York, it is worth the drive to Glenville to get that vehicle you want and the inventory you're looking for. It is Mohawk Honda, where they always go out of their way to please you. Now, this Godzilla Media Podcast. Happy, very happy Fantasy Baseball Monday. I am excited. It's that time of year. The lockout nightmare is over. Baseball is coming up in about 10 days from now. Can't wait. Um, hope you all are very well wherever you are. Welcome to Pugsley's Pit. I am Sean Pugsley Martin asking you the question, where else would you rather be than right here, right now? I am excited for the meeting. I'll tell you what, if, if you follow the show, you know I always have a coffee in hand. I barely needed the caffeine today. I was so jacked up for this show. Uh, by way of intro introduction, other than being a coffee addict, I'm a freelance sports writer for the Albany Times Union, a sports enthusiast, an unabashed homer for my teams. can also be found as co-host of Eminem and M Across the Board with uh, my good friends Eric and Ashley on a weekly basis. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at Pugsley's Pit and taking the podcast on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. You might ask yourself, why am I so stoked? It's fantasy baseball season. 
On today's show, we're going to be joined by USA Today baseball writer and senior fantasy editor Steve Gardner to discuss all things fantasy baseball. The season again opens up on August 7. Without further ado, Steve Gardner, good morning. Hey, Sean, how are you? I'm doing awesome. Uh, we had our uh, 33rd year coming up. We put in our, we're in a five by five keeper league. We put in our keepers last night. So now it's really home as to who's out there. And you can really start studying up the next five days. Sadly, I have the second pick in our draft due to my 11th place finish last year. I'm hoping you can impart some wisdom on me. Yeah, it's tough. <laughs> One of those years. So uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and then we'll, we'll get into some fantasy baseball here. Well, uh, I'm Steve Gardner. I uh, write the Sports Weekly or the fantasy column in USA Today Sports Weekly, which I have since uh, 2006 and um, commissioner of the Leagues of Alternative Baseball Reality, which is the, uh, the first experts league um, or industry league, however you want to talk about it. Uh, and basically, uh, love baseball, have been, have been uh, with USA Today since uh, 1993 in some form or fashion and uh just to you know have have dedicated the last 20 plus uh, years of my life to mostly doing baseball and and uh most recently fantasy baseball so uh having a great time and look forward to this time of year every single year yeah it's exciting you know we're i mean COVID's still present in society unfortunately but it's it doesn't look like it's going to Hinder baseball, at least for right now. Let's hope it keeps that way. And my job is telling you off camera, my draft is going to be live for the first time in three years. What um, what I love about fantasy baseball, I'm a fantasy football guy. I don't, don't love it as much as baseball. I like it. But baseball is every day for six months. You can get up and look at your stats and, and the, the trades and all that stuff. Um, what, what about it for you draws you to fantasy baseball? Yeah, I, I think part of it is is the math and the the stats and everything. I mean, as a kid, I would get the the newspaper and I would just sit there on the floor and get newsprint on my um, my elbows and, and my forearms because I'm just staring at those box scores. And the Sunday paper comes and you got all the league leaders and everything. Um, I, I couldn't get enough of that, and I think that has carried over uh, into my love for fantasy baseball. And, uh, it's, it's, as you said, you know, it's the daily thing. You know, I was an Orioles fan growing up and, you know, they were always good, but not good enough, uh, most years. So it it kept me, you know, gave me that, that hope, but, uh, but also didn't reward me enough to, uh, to get complacent or anything like that. And, um, I, I just, I love the game. Uh, I love the strategy and, uh, and I love the numbers. So makes, makes perfect sense to me. Yeah, I was the same way with the with the newspapers. I get the sporting news every week, and they'd have all the boxes. Mm-hmm. Study them. Um, maybe that's why I do accounting uh, for my daytime work. So, okay, let's go right to the season. Uh, first, first question I have for you: Are are there some sleepers out there that that you might see? So maybe a mid to late round steal uh, for somebody in a draft. Well, yeah, I mean, there are, sleepers is is kind of a catch all category. I mean, is is it somebody that no? It used to be back in the early days of fantasy baseball, somebody that nobody knew about, um, that you had some sort of inside information, you know, whether it was a guy coming up from the minors or what. Now I think it's just a general catch-all phrase for players that are going, you know, maybe a little bit too low in drafts, as you said. You know, I'll start with with an Oriole, um, and and I like like John Means. Um, I I think he's one of those guys, you know, we talk about pitchers that um, may overperform. I think he's 
being certainly uh, pushed down in drafts because the Orioles are not very good. But yeah. boy, I, I love his control. Always has a, a low whip, uh, so he doesn't allow a lot of base runners. And with the changes at Camden Yards this season, you know, they moved the fences back 20, 30 feet, I think, in left field for a left-handed pitcher. Faces a lot of right-handed batters. I think that's going to benefit him a lot. So um, he would be one of the, you know, one of the top guys that I'd be looking to draft um, on the pitching side of things. All right. You mentioned the Orioles. I got to ask you about a player because to me, he's the number one free agent in my draft coming up. Although the Oriole fan has the first pick, Cedric Mullins, his track mm-hmm. record was before last year. It wasn't really draftable. And then all of a sudden, 2021 hits and, and he's just a, a monster. Well, what, who is Cedric Mullins? Great question. I, I think one of the things, I mean, he, he did have a, a decent prospect pedigree, but just couldn't, I mean, he was a switch hitter and trying to hit right-handed against left-handed pitchers, I, I think took too much time for him. Um, and he wasn't very good at it. And <laughs> last year for the first time, just decided to drop switch hitting, hit left-handed against everybody and it just simplified things for him. And even, you know, we found out this offseason that he was going through uh, Crohn's disease and still had the 30-30 season that he had last year for the wow. Orioles. Just a phenomenal story that gets even better. I'll tell you what, I, I don't think the power is something that you can rely on, but certainly the speed. I mean, he's always had the base ceiling ability. And, um, you know, if you get him definitely count on the stolen bases and whatever offensive production you get from him. Uh, I consider that a bonus. Maybe, I don't know, 15, possibly 20 home runs. I don't think he gets to 30 again this year. I, I'm going to ask you about one more player. Cause last year he absolutely destroyed me two times. Alberto Mondesi. Yeah. He's, he's like, he's like a drug. You get a taste and you just can't get enough. Uh, last year in the offseason, right before our draft, I traded him straight up for Bobachet. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. I told <laughs> you I finished 11th out of 12th last year in that decision making. And then later on in the year, I, I got him, um, I got him back. I traded him for Shohei Otani. Um, double ooh again. That's mm. why I finished 11th. Um, <laughs> what will he make a Mondesi this year? Uh, you know, he's, he has trouble staying healthy. Yeah, that's that's the big key there. Um, I mean, when he's healthy and playing, he's pretty good. I mean, a couple of years ago, down the stretch in the in the COVID season of 2020, his September was as good as anybody's from a statistical standpoint, yeah. stealing a ton of bases, hitting home runs. I mean, he gave you that little glimpse of, of what he could be. And last year, he was a little bit injured to start the season and just never really got fully healthy. And um Hopefully he's had a chance to do that, but his, you know, his reputation as somebody that you can count on has certainly taken a hit. I think while the potential is still there for him to be a very, very good player and a very productive one, he does have contact issues and will strike out a lot. So you're not going to get a great batting average, but there's still that steals potential. He could lead, he could lead the majors in steals, not just the American league. So that's something if you're playing in a roto league, You've got to at least consider because he could be so good in that area. But again, with the health injury, the health situation, and the, the Royals also have a young guy named Bobby Witt coming up as yes, a do. potential shortstop. Uh, and he could stick there for the rest of his career and uh, could leave Mondesi 
you know, looking for a place to play third base <laughs> or second base third or, you know, without a position. So there's there's always that possibility there, too. So definitely high risk, but potentially high reward. Do you, do you see any players maybe a year or two in, not so much the rookies, Witt and, and Adley Rutschman, uh, somebody that you think may break out this year, um, has come along a little slowly, maybe this year, Cedric Mullins? I'll tell you what. I don't know that you necessarily will get the 30-30 season. I like Joe Adele in, uh, you know, in Anaheim, okay. a guy that also had, you know, great pop prospect pedigree two years ago was one of the top five prospects in all of baseball. And he comes up and doesn't have success right away. Now, if that sounds a little bit familiar for a top angels prospect, uh, a fellow by the name of Mike Trout did that, you know, back in what, 2010 or something like that. When he came up, had a, had a little bit of a taste of the major leagues, um, didn't hit very well. But he came back the next year and uh, was just lights out. So not that Adele has that kind of ceiling, but he's still a very good player, a lot of power, a lot of speed, and he's had a pretty good spring training so far. I mean, he's going to get a shot at everyday playing time for the Angels. And I think, you know, he's got that breakout potential. And had he not maybe debuted um, in 2020 and then and last year spent some time in the minors before seeing you know, uh, a stint of the majors. If he just stayed in the minors that whole time and comes up at age 23 or whatever he is, we'd be raving about him because of the skills. And I think this may be the year that having a taste of major league, you know, experience, he could put it all start, or at least start putting it all together. I'm going to have to write that down. Who on the, on the flip side, who out there, especially an older player might be hitting that cliff. You know, I'm, I'm a big Clayton Kershaw guy. He's had the health injuries. I still like him. Um, mm-hmm. But is there somebody there that uh, who who would you who are you going to avoid when when you hit uh, you're on the clock in your drafts this year? The you know, that's there are a lot of guys that I'm going to avoid. I think, you know, one we talked about uh, Camden Yards and moving the fences back. Glaber Torres is a guy who took full advantage of that. Um, <laughs> yes, he did couple of years ago especially when he hit uh, 38 homers in 2019 probably it felt like half of them came in Camden Yards so um, I, I think Torres is the power doesn't seem like it's coming back and um, it's a good thing for the Yankees if they can move him off of shortstop which uh, appears that they will do um, because the defensive problems seem to carry over offensively for him so Glaber Torres is somebody uh, I'm kind of fading and I'll tell you another one Sean um Robbie Ray, your Cy Young Award winner from last year in the American League. I've been a guy who has you know, been a fan of Robbie Ray's because of his fantastic strikeout rate, yes. which uh, even when he was bad, he still was able to get a lot of strikeouts. Last year, put it all together, um, somehow amazingly found his control and turned into a Cy Young Award pitcher. Uh, the thing that bothers me about Robbie Ray is not only is he, you know, he's moving to Seattle, so you've got the the change in scenery, teammates, coaching staff, all that sort of stuff, and the adjustments that he needs to make. Last year, his left on base percentage, the number, you know, the percentage of runners that uh, were stranded and didn't come around to score was tops in the majors, 90% strand rate for Robbie Ray. And that generally, uh, I think that the major league average is around 70. So you're getting, you know, an artificially depressed ERA uh, from last year. 
I think it's going to go up considerably this year. So Robbie Ray is somebody that I've been, you know, kind of shying away from, even though, you know, he's still a, a very good pitcher and very valuable in fantasy. I think other people are, are certainly uh, kind of taking last year and projecting that a little bit more into this year than I am. Any thoughts on Chris Bryant going to Colorado? He'd kind of been meandering along for a few years and now he's in Denver. And you got to pay love attention it. to that. Yeah, I love it. And I, I know Chris Bryant is still a very good hitter. I mean, uh, he sort of had a resurgence last year um, going over to the Giants and being part of their, you know, uh, playoff team. And even though in Colorado, he's not really surrounded by, you know, a ton of talent, I, I still can't figure out what that front office is, <laughs> is trying to do. Yep. But um, signing good players is a good start. And Chris Bryant is definitely one of them. So he's going to, you know, the batting average is going to go up. Coors Field is great for batting average. Obviously, it's great for power. And uh, I think Chris Bryant is in for, you know, a, a great season. I, I would move him up into my, you know, top five uh, third baseman overall just because of as good a player as he is and the, the fantastic hitting environment in, in Denver. When, when you approach a draft for yourself, what, what's your strategy? Are you looking best player available? Are you trying to fill positions? One thing that I always struggle with is sometimes I might take a player too early, but I subscribe to the notion that if you want your guy, go get him. Um, yep. But that sometimes can blow up on you if it doesn't work out. Well, I'll say, first of all, in the early rounds, you want safety. You want to kind of bank numbers and in categories, you know, across the board. At least that's what I try and do. And um, so you want you want those players that are not too terribly risky in the early rounds or, you know, in the, the early stages of your draft. And then as you progress into the middle rounds and especially the later rounds, feel free to go get your guys. I mean, one of the things I think that that people get too locked into in looking at rankings or projections or whatever, we can't be so precise that we can tell that one guy is going to hit 24 homers and the other guy is going to hit 22 homers. And so the 24 homer guy is going to be more valuable. I mean, there's so many factors that come into that. It, when you group them in tier, you know, group players in tiers and basically say any of those guys are pretty much going to be relatively equal. Um, I think that's where you can make your decisions based on the players that you have a good feeling about or one stat or something that you like about theirs um, or, you know, just because they're on your favorite team. I mean, the, there are any number of reasons to, to make those small distinctions. Now, you're not going to take, um, say, let's see, uh, Glaber Torres versus Ozzy Albies or something like that. Yeah. Um, but when you get into those, you know, the areas where the players are relatively similar about the same sort of average draft position, average auction value, however you play, then you can go ahead, get your guys. And if you jump a couple of rounds, uh, you know, early, no big deal because, you know, this is your team. You want to be able to root for the guys too. Yep. And sometimes if you, you don't want to uh, draft guys from teams that you don't like, that's perfectly fine as well. Yeah, I, I don't draft Astros. Carlos Correa, even though he's not there anymore, will never be on my team. Uh, I'm mm -hmm. the same way in, in fantasy football. I'm a big Raider fan. There's, I don't take anybody from any other AFC West teams. I don't care how badly I need them. Um, that's just, that's just how I roll. That's why I don't win too often, but, um, 
what's your experience in leagues? What, what's your preferred league? I said before, I'm in a five by five uh, keeper league. Um, we have net wins, net steals, uh, net saves. Um, what, what league do you prefer? I, I like them all. I mean, I'm a roto guy from the start. So uh, I'm always, you know, always thinking about categories. And uh, even though, you know, I, I realize from the people that have emailed me and, and I've conversed with uh, in the industry and, and people who just play, you know, the points leagues are very popular. And yeah. um, so I, I have to kind of check myself sometimes to make sure that, that I'm not just assuming that everybody's playing in, in rotisserie leagues. But for me, I, I love going deep into the player pool, you know, whether it, it's AL or NL only. Um, those to me are fun when you get the, the 50 round drafts, you know, sometimes <laughs> to be able to, uh, to, to go through and you get down to the 47th round and, and, uh, you're looking through, you know, all these, these players that, uh, that hardly have any at bats or, or, or what I love to go deep into the player pool because I love to learn about players. And, uh, I feel like that gives me a little bit of an edge if I do. So that's, that's where my heart is. Um, yeah. But uh, I'm certainly, you know, I, I love even trying, you know, you're talking about different categories. That's fun too, to just try to tweak things to see if yeah. this makes it a better game, you know, on base percentage over batting average or, or net steals or something like that. Um, it, it's, it's fun to experiment too, to find out, you know, how, how those changes might, might impact strategy. I, mean, I got to ask you about my A's. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, uh, you know, it's been a tough couple of weeks. I was overjoyed when the lockout ended and then reality set in. Um, what do you, what do you make of the situation there and the ownership and what they're doing? I mean, they, they doubled ticket prices this year. That was, that was the, maybe the, the most puzzling thing of all. I mean, are they just trying to alienate fans so that they can move somewhere else? That's um, what I think. It, it seems like that's, that's the only answer. I mean, not only, do you, do you treat your fans that way, but you take away some of their favorite players and trade them, you know, and I, I get, you know, the, the standard company line that, that Billy Bean has done this many times before and he knows what he's doing and, um, you know, it's just a rebuild and then we'll be better later. But uh, still, the, the climate now in baseball, after just having gone through the lockout and all of the issues surrounding that, to where it seems like there still is a problem with teams not trying, uh, tanking, call it what you will, but um, just being content to take in extra money from, you know, that they share through for all the clubs and MLB shares with, with all 30 teams and win, you know, on the, uh, on the, the record keeping books, you know, rather than necessarily focus on winning on the field. And I think that's probably what's most upsetting to, uh, to A's fans and yeah. fans of the pirates and fans of, uh, you know, Marlins and, and other teams as well. Yeah. You got three teams or payrolls in the 30 million range, uh, pirates, Cleveland and Baltimore. And, and for the A's, I've had, I've had people on the show the last few weeks talking about the stadium issue. Are they going to go to Howard terminal? One group wants them to stay on site. My concern is that they're, they are trying to drive fans away to go to Vegas because they see the cash that the Raiders got. Yeah. Um, the one hope I have for the A's, I grew up there in the seventies. My hope for them is that, okay, if they're saying, Hey, look, we need to divest a little bit, take a step back, 
We're going to have a new stadium down at Howard Terminal. That the, the pictures look awesome. We're going to build our team, kind of with what the Braves did, you know, a few years ago, and the Astros. Hey, we're going to be bad for a few years, but by the time we open this new stadium, you know, we're going to be ready ready to go. I'd actually be okay with that. Mm. You know, if they would just, I don't know if they can come out and say it, but Jesus, throw us a bone here. <laughs> well, and and the fact that I mean, Matt Olson and Matt Chapman aren't necessarily over the hill either. No. Uh, I mean, you you could build a team around them. But uh, I guess in terms of getting all the approvals and construction, everything like that, you know, maybe that's several years, you know, what, five, however many years down the road. And uh, they, they don't want to spend any more than they have to until that stadium happens. And, you know, I'll tell you what, here's one of the things that at least I've seen personally with a team that was really, really bad. And that was the Washington Nationals when when they moved, uh, you know, from when the Expos moved to Washington, and, and the Nationals were horrible. It took a while, you know. The 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 promise of a new stadium was out there, and yep. uh, they were working toward that. But it took, you know, the signing of of Jason Worth, if you remember, I when remember the, the team was really bad, but yet he was a very prized free agent, and all of a sudden, they were like, okay. Well, maybe Washington is serious. And from that moment, you know, then the draft picks of, of Bryce Harper and Steven Strasburg, and then the team, you know, became much, much better and uh, enjoyed quite a, quite a run of success. So maybe that's the scenario that, uh, that the A's fans can, can hang their hat on. But uh, it's, it's tougher when a lot more teams are doing the, uh, the teardowns and rebuilds and, uh, and all of that at the same time. Yeah, I really wish coming out of that CBA there'd been a salary floor. So I think baseball's going to continue to have their problem. You just brought back an awful memory for me. Uh-oh. Jason Worth, I lost a fantasy baseball championship a number of years ago. On the last day, he was still in Philly. He was on the back end of a double steal. And the stolen base cost me a league title. Ugh. And that was just, I'm watching this. I was watching the game. And I was I was watching the standings online, and all of a sudden, an update. I was like, "Who stole the base?" I'm like, "I did." He was on the double steal. So, hey, on the field this year, is there is there a team you're looking at? For me, I like Detroit to continue making steps that AJ Hinch started last year. Is, is there a team to look for? And uh, in November, when it's uh, who's who's in the dog pile of celebration uh, in November for you? All right, um, I, I like the Tigers. In fact, yeah. I'm uh, my wife is a big Tigers fan, so uh, it's it's been a while. For, yep. uh, for the Tigers, they've been down a little while since uh, that great playoff run that they had um, a few years ago. I, the team that really intrigues me is is the Seattle Mariners. You know, okay. how good they could be with, you know, uh, Julio Rodriguez, you know, the top prospect, maybe the top prospect in all of baseball right now, having a, a fantastic spring training. He could possibly make the team out of spring training. Um, uh, Jared Kelenic also was kind of that hot prospect last year. And like I was talking with Joe Adele, he's another guy that fits that kind of profile of struggled a little bit when he came up, but uh, could be very, very good again this year. And yeah. um, even though, you know, I, I downplayed Robbie Ray, getting him for that, uh, for that rotation makes them a little bit more exciting as well. So uh, I think keep an eye on Seattle in terms of who I think will be uh, uh, on top of it all in, in October. Gotta love, what the Dodgers have in terms yeah. of just raw talent and adding Freddie Freeman to that group. Uh, that's possibly a super team. 
Um, but then again, you know, they didn't win their division last year. The Giants did. Um, but I see the Dodgers making the World Series again. And watch out, watch out for the Blue Jays. This yeah. may be the year for Toronto. Um, I mean, if it weren't for Shohei Otani last year, Vladimir, Vladimir Guerrero had, you know, kind of a season for the ages. And uh, I think if he comes anywhere close to that, I think he's the MVP this year. And um, I think he carries Toronto to uh, to the World Series. I like the blue. I like Manoa's got a, got a almost a full year under his belt. Barrios coming over from Minnesota will lead some innings. Yep. Um, my only concern with the Dodgers is Kenley Jansen was not very reliable, but at least he was there. Trinan hasn't really been a closer in a few years. I'll tell you, um, we're talking about sleepers. I think Blake Trine. Trinan is being seriously undervalued okay. this year. And uh, it would not surprise me. In fact, I, uh, I may have a, uh, a predict bold predictions column coming up uh, in another week or two in Sports Weekly. And one of those I, I think is going to be Blake Trinan finishes as a top three closer. I mean, you look at how great he was back when he was closing, you know, in Oakland in, Oakland. Um, in 18 and uh, had that ERA of, 0.78, something like yeah. that, uh, which is ridiculous. I mean, he has the skills. He was great last year, too, in the setup role. So I, I think the Dodgers just surround him with some good setup guys, and he's going to get a ton of chances. And uh, I, I definitely think that he can be maybe better than Kenley Jansen was last year. He might be. Steve, listen, uh, thank you so much for your time. You want to th throw out your social media uh, credentials there so uh, the viewers can follow you during the year? Sure. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Steve A. Gardner, G-A-R-D-N-E-R. -E and um, feel free to uh, engage with me uh, if you want to talk baseball. I love doing that. You can find me, as I said, in, in the pages of USA Today Sports Weekly and, uh, and usatoday.com. And um, we also have coming up um, on newsstands in Sports Weekly coming up on Wednesday. We'll have our annual fantasy extra issue, which has, uh, you know, everything you need to get ready for your drafts. And uh, I look forward to being able to help people uh, win championships. I love the value of having an actual newspaper in my hand. You know, Old I, school. I, I write for a newspaper and it's, you know, you get the print on your hands, but that's okay. That's, that's, it's, it's part of the experience. It's, it's nicer now. It doesn't come off yeah. as easily. <laughs> so uh, I, I like that, you know, some advances. In, sure. in print technology over the years. All right. Well, thanks again for coming on the pit. And hey, I'd love to reconnect with you during the year. Uh, we got six months uh, of some glorious baseball coming up. It sounds great. Good luck in your draft. And you. uh, I hope you you finish much higher this season. So do I. It was 11th out of 12th. That's, that's tough to square. All right. Take care. Thanks so much, Sean. Bye now. Oh, that was Steve Gardner, USA Today. Better than I had hoped. Better than I had hoped. Really enjoyed that. And um, I'm going to be all over that publication when it comes out on Wednesday. A few things before we get to uh, to the My World segment. Final four. Uh, Duke, Carolina, Villanova, Kansas. It looked like we might get the miracle with St. Peter's. you got to give the Peacocks credit. An incredible run uh, for the MAC conference. That's up in my neck of the woods. They actually went 0-2 against Siena College here. Uh, this year, but uh, they really got it going and, and good for them. Now, not going to lie to you, I was happy that dream ended yesterday being a Tar Heel fan. Uh, Duke Carolina in the Final Four never happened. Maybe it was just destiny in Coach K's last year. Um, I can't wait for that game. I'm a little nervous being a Tar Heel fan. They just walked into Cameron a few weeks ago and cleaned out Duke in Coach K's last game there. 
So Duke's going to have a chip on their shoulder trying to get a little revenge, but um, go Carolina Blue, uh, let's hope. In the other game, Villanova's missing Justin Moore, torn Achilles. That's going to be tough. I don't know how deep they were to begin with. Kansas, I think they've kind of been under the radar. I'm not sure how good they are, but here they are. Bill Self knows how to get there. I think it's going to be Carolina and Kansas for the national title next week. We'll give you that uh, prediction next week as part of our uh, our big baseball show, but we'll throw in the uh, NCAA national championship. Now to my world. As said to, to Steve, 33rd fantasy baseball league draft for me. Uh, some of my closest friends are brothers to mine. We started this league years ago. Some buddies of mine from college. We've added a few over the years, had a little bit of turnover, but not much. Probably over half the league's been in this thing for over 24, 25 years. Great guys. Looking forward to it. A live draft. Always fun. You get great stories. And I get a little message to all those other 11 owners. Boys, here's the hardware. Nerd alert. But there's the hardware, boys. We're coming for number four. All right. Now, also, one other announcement. Eminem and M across the board with Ashley Miller and Eric McDowell and myself. We are coming live this Wednesday from the Van Patten Golf Club in Clifton Park, New York at six o'clock. You can find that show uh, at Twitter at MMMATB1 and also on YouTube through the Godzilla Media uh, outlets, same one you see Pugsley's Pit on. So give us a gander and throw us a. Throw us some notes, some comments. We'll uh, be interacting with our uh, with our viewers, not only there at the golf club. They're going to have raffles and, and different specials and things going on. But also throw us a comment on Twitter and YouTube. And uh, we can, uh, if you have any questions, certainly answer that. And as always at this time, the shameless plug, uh, my book. There you go. Dear Liam and Noah, Letters from Daddy, a book that I wrote to my boys uh, about a year and a half ago uh, through covid just different life experience for myself and maybe uh, what the boys can learn from from their father, uh, good and bad decisions, and hopefully they can not make some of the bad things and do some of the good things. So on that note, we will see you all next week. Looking forward to uh, our MLB season preview next week. Can't wait. Have a wonderful, wonderful week, and we will see you all soon. Have a great day. Thank you.